0: It's time for the moment you've been waiting for. You're listening to Getting Bullied, a Flyers hockey podcast. Now crank it up and rip the knob. Boy, that escalated quickly. Podcast partner of PhillyAsFlyers.com. This is Getting Bullied. I am your host, with the most or the least, depending on how you look at it, Mark Giannone. And once again, join as I am every time, my partner in crime from way down south in D.C., Dan Silver. Dan, what's up, bud?
1: What's going on, man? Hey, it's the first time we've uh, chatted, I think, since the Eagles won the Super Bowl. So it's a little bit of jubilation in the city. I think this is actually, did you say you just woke up from the parade celebration? Is that... Uh,
0: uh actually I don't know to be honest with you things have kind of been in a green haze ever since obviously Eagles winning the Super Bowl was like the biggest news uh this city's had since God only knows how long it was incredible the game was incredible was not there the scene from my living room was incredible tears of joy shed immediately after it happened the parade was awesome the celebration after the Super Bowl was awesome Philly really put on, the national media try to bring us down like they always do, but we put on for ourselves, and they can't take it away from us, we're champions, and the the other teams, including the Flyers, are riding this good mojo, and the Flyers are the hottest team in the NHL right now.
1: Yeah, the Flyers are... I mean, the other thing that's different since we've talked is the Flyers are now firmly entrenched in a playoff spot. I mean, Jake Vorchek, yesterday, they asked about looking at the standings. He's like, yeah, we're looking up in the standings. We're trying to chase teams now. And Jake is always a guy who doesn't mince words, and he basically was like, sort of, for what he was saying, was he's already assuming they're in the playoffs, which is not, you know, the anti-thing that hockey players say. Oh, you know, we're you know, we, we've got to take it game by game. And, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of good teams behind us that can catch us. But Gortek was like, no, we're looking at up in the standings. We're looking to win the division.
0: I think, uh, and, you know, take it for what you will. But I think, I think this whole Super Bowl thing really has trickled down to the other teams in the city, including the Flyers, because me and you have said numerous times on this very podcast that the Flyers were on the outside looking in probably for the whole season, probably wouldn't make the playoffs. Next thing you know, they see how crazy the city got seeing a championship, and it's like the whole mood in the city, the whole mood in that locker room changed, and Jake said it all. That was the perfect thing for Jake to say, for the fans to hear, for the guys in the locker room to hear is they're not looking back anymore. They don't care if... If it were possible, they wouldn't care if uh, New Jersey or whoever was a half point behind them. They're looking ahead. They are done looking behind. They want this thing to start moving forward. They're done just spinning their tires in the mud, and they're gunning for this thing. They're gunning for at least right now, and I'm not going to use the SC word, but at least for right now, they're making a strong push, and they are confident enough to all believe that they can win this division, and if you said that a month and a half ago, you probably would have been admitted to a hospital because people would have thought you were absolutely out of your mind.
1: Yeah, and it's funny. I mean, before the season, all the talk is about how strong the Metropolitan Division is and, oh, you know, the Atlantic team... They're just not as good and the wild card situation is unfair because there's going to be really good teams in the Met that don't make the playoffs. And you look at it and the three best teams from a standings perspective are all in the Atlantic, Tampa, Boston, and Toronto. Now you can argue that that's because the worst teams in the conference, Detroit, Montreal, Ottawa, Buffalo are all in their division two. So they're kind of beating up on those teams, but, um, you know, you look at it and, and Tampa, Boston, Tampa and Boston have definitely been the top two teams in the Eastern conference this season. And Toronto has been very good too. And the Flyers are three points behind the caps. Now the Penguins have been absolutely scorching. I mean, Penguins are eight, one and one in their last 10. Everything seems to be coming together for them right now. They'll probably make a trade at the deadline to add something else, which the Flyers may or may not do from an offensive or, you know, defenseman perspective. But, uh, You know, look, again, Flyers are entrenched in a playoff spot. They're three points behind Washington for the division. It's going to be a really exciting rest of the season.
0: So, yeah, you mentioned the deadline, and obviously that is the biggest thing going right now is the trade deadline is bearing down fast on us. Uh, Some moves already being made in the NHL. We may touch on that a little bit later. Uh, By the way, another thing I want to touch on later on, well, this is a personal thing, is a new phenomenon in my life that I think may change it for the absolute better. Is so, it that uh,
1: crystal uh, Mountain Dew? The clear Mountain Dew? I'm not even a soda drinker, but that stuff looks The Mountain Dew ice?
0: No. That, a, that stuff looks good. I'm not a soda guy. but um, Yeah, I'm not but,
1: either. But that commercial with, uh, who, who's the commercial with? Morgan Freeman and a Dinklage. I haven't seen the Dinklage commercial.
0: Uh, it was at the Super Bowl. Well, it was the Dinklage one was first, and then the uh, the free. No, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I think it was a duel. It, how they did it, I think Doritos had Dinklage, and he led into the Freeman commercial for Got Mountain it. Dew. So they combined each other for um, you know, for market. I mean, at that point, you're paying like what. Five million dollars for a thirty-second spot. I guess you may as well split it with another multi-billion-dollar company.
1: Yeah, I'm not a soda drinker to the point where you know any caffeine has me going crazy. Mountain Dew drives me; it's kind of like has like a crack effect on me, Coke effect on me. So you know that that ice would be. I you know I thought maybe that had changed your life, but I guess it's something else. Well, so it, what what changed what changed your life, man? I
0: right. I don't want to get into it right now because there's important Flyers topics, with about 15 to 10 minutes left in this little shindig we're going to do, I'll get into it. Because I think it's awesome what I did and what I will continue to do. But back back to the Flyers, because they made a move.
1: They did make a move. Where were you Monday night?
0: Let me just ask you that. Where were you Monday night? Constantly
1: refreshing Twitter.
0: As were most of us. And... Everyone was waiting for some kind of news, because Sunday, if you have lived under a rock and have just emerged, Michael Neubert, stop me if you've heard this before, went down with an injury mid-game. First injury in his career, career, right? I think so. I don't, He's been pretty durable up until that point. so. But anyway, that paved the way for Alex the Lion King to step up, and he played great against the Rangers and finally the Flyers are able to get a goddamn win in Madison Square Garden and they put up seven goals doing so against what I what if you would have said last year was probably still considered one of the best goalies in the league in Henrik Lundqvist fast forward to Monday everyone was waiting for the news on Norbert's injury the news that never came but the news that dropped The news that got everybody freaking out. First, Oscar Lindblom gets called up. Uh, uh, Anthony Stolarz gets activated. The wheels start turning because we're smart fans. Everyone says a move's coming. About an hour, hour and a half, maybe even two later, boom, the bomb drop. The Flyers have their new goalie, one Peter Marazic. And Ron Hextall, depending on how you look at it, is, if you ask me, did it again and put up another great trade to help this team, and they got the NHL-caliber goalie that they needed because if they would have had a run with Lyon and Takarski, they would have been screwed.
1: Yeah, and I mean, you know, this goes back, obviously, to before the Neubirth injury was Brian Elliott's injury in the shootout, so he's out five to six weeks. And I think even before Neubirth got injured, people thought the Flyers needed to add a goalie, right? Because Michael Neuwirth is not durable and can't play every game. And uh, Alex Lyon is unproven. So it would be unfair to the team to even have Lyon kind of playing uh, 25% of the games the rest of the way. So I think even before Neuwirth got injured, they they knew they needed to make a move. And there was a rumor that came out that the Red Wings had offered Mrazek to Ron Hextall for a third-round pick. Hextall had declined it and offered back a fourth-round pick and that the Red Wings had declined. That was the rumor, and that was reported in the Detroit Free Press, I believe. So that was before Neuwirth gets injured. Now Neuwirth gets injured. Now it's like everyone in the league knows that the Flyers need a goalie, and and the names out there were you know uh, Johnson on the Sabres and Antti Ranta, uh, uh, Calvin Picard, who... Flyers fans, for some reason, really like this guy. He's, he's in the AHL. I mean, I, I guess he could be all right, but he, um, you know, a guy who's kind of middling in the AHL right now. Um, so my top choices were were Ranta and uh, Mrazek, if you could get him for a decent price. And so, you know, everyone was wondering what's going to happen. The Lindblom move happened, so everyone's fired up about that. And then, uh, and then it comes out, and I mean, think about this: before this trade. Ron Hextall had not traded a draft pick outside of the actual during the draft when all he did was trade draft picks for other draft picks in his entire reign as Flyers GM. So going back four years, this is the first time that Ron Hextall has ever traded a draft pick during the season, which is, you know, shows you how much this guy does not like trading draft picks. And then you look at the conditions he put on them. And yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's kind of genius, right? So, to run down it really quickly, the way that it works is um, so it's right now, the only thing that the Red Wings are guaranteed is a fourth round pick. Now, if the Flyers make the playoffs and Marazic gets five wins in the regular season, it becomes a third round pick. If the Flyers make the Eastern Conference Finals and Morazic wins six playoff games, it becomes a second round pick. So those are the conditions on that pick, and you know you'd assume that the likeliest scenario is that the Flyers do make the playoffs, and Morazic probably gets five wins of the regular season. Uh, that are you know twenty-two games remaining, so they will probably turn into a third-round pick. Whether or not they make the Eastern Conference Finals probably more unlikely than not at this point. Then the other part of it is Morazic's restricted free agent. Now the rumor was that Detroit didn't want him back. And so that they were not going to tender him and the qualifying offer at the end of the season. Uh, part of the deal is if the flyers do re-sign as the Red Wings will get the third round pick for the flyers in 2019. So the genius part about this is, is that the better that Morazic plays and the better that the flyers do, then the draft picks become better. So it's kind of like a win-win scenario for the flyers. Um, you know, looking at Morazek specifically, he was a fifth round pick uh, back in, in 2010. And he actually was the name of the world junior championships. I think, uh, what year was that? I think it was 2012. He was in the goalie the, really good. He came from NHL with a lot of hoopla. Uh, first few years with the Red Wings, awesome. I mean, his goals test was right around two, the same percentage around 925 looked like a future star goal in the making. Then he started struggling a little bit. I mean, this happens with a lot of goalies coming to the league and are really good early on. So he starts struggling. There's things coming out, that maybe he's got some attitude issues. Detroit um, relegated him to their backup this season. He only played 22 games behind Jimmy Howard. And he's he's only 26 years old. So, look, he's a guy who was really good at one point and mm-hmm. certainly could become really good again. But if he's not, no harm, no foul. The Flyers, you know, will probably only lose third-round pick this year, and they don't have to sign Morazic. So it's going to be really interesting, right, because Elliott and Neubert are both under contract for next season. Carter Hart becomes a professional player next season. So there's like four goalies who could be in the mix for this team next year, and uh, it's better to have more options than not. So I think that this was a really good trade. Morazic should debut on Thursday night, which uh, will probably be, I uh, assume the podcast is probably coming out Thursday morning, so he'll be making his debut against Columbus, most likely, uh, tonight. Should be pretty exciting.
0: Yeah, we'll be rivaling the, um, the boring and incoherent sounds of the two uh, Sports Talk Radio morning shows on Thursday morning. I think we
1: can win that battle.
0: I think so, too. It's either, do you want to hear a 65-year-old man scream in a microphone, or do you want to hear a 40- to 50-something-year-old man gargle his way through a, an entire show? Um, you know, it's it's really, it's, it's apples and oranges at this point, you know. None of them are good, though. They're both rotten apples and oranges. But when you were talking and giving, by the way your new name is the historian because you know more about Dan or Pete Morazic than I think Pete Morazic knows about Pete Morazic. But what stood out to me about what you said, it reminded me a lot about one Steve Mason. When he came in here, it was the whole, you know, uh, he won the rookie of the year, didn't he? You know what?
1: It's exactly like Steve Mason. You're yeah. right. And I was thinking that when I was talking about
0: him. Yeah, he came in here with his whole, started out, you know, when he was young, he was good, and he showed a lot of promise, and, you know, maybe now a new scenery will change things, and this and that. And I'm going to go back a little bit to um, to the Eagles for what they did in their off, their last off season. They brought in a bunch of guys on Prove It Deals. That's essentially what Ron Hextall has given to Peter Morazic. It's a prove it. Here, you know, we're bringing you in to be our starter for a playoff run. So if you can't play at your absolute best now in this situation, then you're probably not ever going to be able to reach your full potential. So basically what Ron Hextall did was he bet on his team. Look. You know, this guy wants to play hard because he need because his contract's running out and he either wants to sign here or he wants to get starter money somewhere. And Ron Hexall realized that this team has hit their stride and he thank God he fed into it. And he even said it would have been unfair to not bring in an NHL goalie into this team. And he's absolutely right, because this team has finally played to this potential that he kept talking about and we kept looking for the Flyers to you know, get out of mediocrity, and they've done that. And for them to have suffered because of um, goalies that couldn't stay healthy would have been an injustice to the hard work that they've put in. Ron Hexall realized that, brings this guy in, and now he has the perfect storm, essentially. He has a goalie that wants to prove to the league that he could be a number one, and he has a team that wants to prove to the league that they're up and coming and they are a force to be reckoned with. You put these two things together, and great things could potentially happen. From the standpoint of Peter Morazic, if he loves it here, if the Flyers, let's say they make it past the first round, get ousted in the second round, you know, in however many games, he could say, I like where the I like where things are going here. I would like to be back here. And now that makes the job of Ron Hexall a little bit easier, because he knows exactly what to do with Michael Neubert, and that's get his ass as far out of here as he possibly can as fast as he can i think this was a brilliant move by ron hextall cuz he's basically betting on the success of his team if you got like he if the flyers do great if they make it to the eastern conference finals and lose that higher pick no one's going to give a damn because they got to the eastern conference finals it is perfect ron hextall who i started to doubt i'm going to be honest I, didn't, I started to not like a lot of the things he was doing. I was getting really impatient, really fast. I am now reborn as a fan of a Super Bowl champion team. And now here we are. Ron Hexall is back in genius status. And he will just sit up. He will sit there until he gives us reason to not put him there anymore. And it doesn't seem like he will ever do that.
1: Yeah, I mean, we talked about this a little before, right? This the, the core of this team is playing so well. You've got Claude Giroux at 30 years old having the best year that he's ever had. Jake Voracek is, like, leading the league in assists. Sean Couturier is ridiculous. Um, you know, Ghost is back to 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 his rookie year and then some. I mean, the guy should be, like, a Norris tr- Trophy candidate. Ivan Provrov actually has more even strength points than... Than ghost I mean this this team is playing so well and you've got Nolan Patrick coming on and Travis Kneckney looks like he's taking a step to start him, that it would be unfair not to try and make some moves to help this team maybe win a Stanley Cup right I mean we we've kind of hesitated in saying they're not really on the level of the Lightning and they're not in the level of the Bruins and you know what they, they can't beat the Penguins with Crosby and Malk, and and those guys are picking it up but you got to give you got to give a shot to these guys. I mean, Drew Voracek, Turier, Simmons. What in the last number of years they haven't advanced past the first round, um, and so you got to give them as much of a chance as they can. And Hextall hates trading draft picks. And if if the goalies hadn't been injured, he probably still wouldn't have made any moves. But I don't know. I if. Let's see what happens. I think, like they did with the Kings, when they basically didn't make moves, they stockpiled draft picks, and then when they thought they could win a cup, they made moves. They they made the uh, Mike Richards trade, and they got Jeff Carter, and they won the cup. I don't think Hextall's at that point, but it wouldn't surprise me if if the Flyers add another player. We'll we'll see what happens. I mean, obviously, Blom coming up helps, and uh, you know, but uh, but who knows? But yes, they. Needed to do something about the goalie situation. And I think they need to give this core a chance to win a Stanley Cup. And this year, you make the playoffs, you can win the Cup. And they're probably going to make the playoffs.
0: It's amazing. And so what we should, or what I I would like to do now, uh, with your blessing, of course, is look at the teams around the Flyers, um, you know, in the standings ahead of them. We're not going to look behind. I mean, maybe for a brief little second we will, because we're not on the team. We have to look behind. We have to give all angles of this thing. But as it stands right now, the Flyers are third place in the Metropolitan Division, and as I believe we said earlier, this was the division that was uh, most praised last offseason and It's probably being the best in hockey. And now the Flyers are just... Three points as we sit right now. This is being recorded on Wednesday night. The Flyers sit three points behind the Washington Capitals and two points behind the Pittsburgh Penguins. Washington, 75 points. Pittsburgh, 74 points. First of all, if this thing shook out as a first-round clash, interstate rivalry renewed, the, the rivalry heightens when the games mean more. If it's the Flyers and the Penguins in the first round, strap in because it's gonna be a great series once again. But um what as far as it sits right now, the odds that the Flyers in the uh in the remaining schedule, the remaining time on this season, what do you think the odds are the Flyers can get to that first spot? in this uh, metropolitan division?
1: I, I think it's probably unlikely that the Flyers are going to get to that top spot oh. just because the, you know, I mean, look, the Penguins are playing very well right now. They're, they're actually a little bit hotter than the Flyers have been, and they've got, uh, you know, Crosby and Malkin. It's, it's t- and then Washington's three points up. Uh, which is a lot of points to make up when you're talking about, you know, a, a team that's pretty good like the Capitals. I'd say there's probably a 20% chance that oh the Flyers will win the division. Uh, you know, you look at the, the Athletic. They put up updated projections and probabilities on a daily basis. They've got the Caps at 53% to win the division. The Penguins at 33%. The Flyers at 10%. They're, they've been a little low on the Flyers all season long. But um, you know, look. I, obviously, I, listen. A month and a half ago, the Flyers were like thirty percent to make the playoffs. So all of this is, you know, is is up for debate. I do. I just. I don't think the Flyers are going to catch the Penguins. I think that, uh, you know, I, I think that's going to be really tough the way that the Penguins are playing right now. Yeah. But I think we could beat them in the playoffs. So that's the flip side, right? The Penguins have played. So much playoff hockey in the last few seasons that I, I I think there's a chance that the Flyers could be either them or the Caps in the first round, uh, depending what happens because they'll probably be playing one of those two teams. Like if they if they win the division and they're playing a team like Columbus or Carolina, I mean that would be awesome or the Islanders. But um, you know I think I, I, I'm bullish about this team in the playoffs making a little bit of a run. I think that Morazic's gonna be refreshed he's been good this year anyway but I think he's going to be refreshed by this move to a legitimate hockey team I mean the Red Wings stink so I think it's going to really help his mindset and this team is the top guys on this team have been playing so well I think that Simmons getting a little bit of a rest here he's out two to three weeks probably injured himself in that fight on I think it was what was Saturday's game or or Sunday's game I think Sunday's game he injured himself yeah. yeah injured himself in the fight I think two to three weeks off will help him because he's been a guy that's looked like he's been bagged up all year. So that'll help him. Lindblom obviously is going to be playing. I think the other key is, uh, you know, trying to get Travis Sandheim onto this team's roster by the end of the season because Brandon Manning is not a good hockey player. And, you know, I've been following along. Sandheim's been lighting it up offensively in the AHL. It does look like he still is kind of a work in progress on the defensive end. But I just think that. He's so dynamic offensively that you add him into the equation, and Lindblom, and the healthy Simmons, and a good goalie, and the the top guys on this team playing like they are, and I honestly think that the Flyers can make a deep run in the playoffs. I, I truly believe that.
0: Um, yeah, I think you're um, I think you're kind of wishing on a hope and a prayer about the whole Sanheim thing, you know? I, um, Hacksall has kind of been. You know, he hasn't really liked to make those type of moves midseason in the past, and, you know, he obviously didn't like playing Sanheim when he was up here to begin with. I find it, I would find it very uh, shocking if he then, uh, if a move was made to bring Sanheim up while the Flyers are in this run, and if they stay as hot as they are, I, I don't think it's any... I think it's pretty obvious that Dave Haxall likes Brandon Manning. I'm not really sure why. Um, outside of getting under the skin of Connor McDavid, he really hasn't ever done much as a professional hockey player. So, you know, he, he does suck. We all know that. But I'm staring here at the, uh, the schedules of both the Capitals and the Penguins and the Flyers to close out just the month of February, the shortest month, of the calendar year. The first chance the flyers have to, um, hack away at the, um, at the lead that the capitals have over them is on Thursday. As we've discussed and what's good about this night. If you like scoreboard watching, you're going to have a chance to do it because the capitals also play Thursday night. They are at Florida. That does not help the flyers. The flyers are home against Columbus. Um, the Flyers have played well at home, so that helps the Flyers. Um, the, the Penguins only have three games left in the month. They're at Carolina on Friday, at Florida on Saturday, and then next Tuesday they are home versus the Devils. So, the Flyers and the, yeah, the Flyers have three games left as well in the month. So, I think, uh, the, 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 Yeah, I'm looking at this thing. You might be right about the Capitals. They have a weak schedule coming up. I think right now, I think it's probably more likely that the Flyers and uh, more probable the Flyers would catch the Penguins, but I'm optimistic, and I'm with you in the fact that I believe that they could make, I don't know, a deep run. I don't want to use the word deep by any means because I think deep run... um, would mean conference finals. To me, that's what deep is. I think this is a second-round team, and, you know, this is a league, as everyone knows, unlike any other league, all you have to do is get in. Look at the Nashville Predators from a year ago. They came two games from winning the Stanley Cup as an eighth seed. So anything could happen if a goaltender, namely Peter Morazic, gets hot, a hot goalie could can, 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 can um can really take a team places. They could really you could ride a hot goalie into a nice playoff run, and as you brought up, the old guys quote unquote on this team they're not old by the world standards. They're old by the league standards kind of. Uh, Giroux and Voracek are playing at the top of their game. They're playing at a level that they haven't played at in years. Claude Giroux. I think I saw somewhere that when his career's done it's going to be him and Bobby Clark standing alone as like the top two point scorers for the Flyers all time. That I think it's forgotten about. And no, it's not by a lot of people, but by me definitely. I forgot how good Claude Giroux was up until like last year. That has really tainted my outlook on him. But that's great news to ha- to hear and to be able to accept the fact that you're living in what will be the second best player probably in team history is awesome. Now let's uh, I want to really see them make a run for him. I am back on board with Claude Giroux. I am resurged as is he and the Flyers I think I, I look, I don't know like I said, I don't know about a deep run. I don't know conference finals, I don't know cup finals. I think this is a second round team but anything could potentially happen, and this is an exciting team to watch, no matter the injuries. I think Wayne Simmons has probably been hurt all season and playing through it because he's playing for a contract, and that's okay, but he gets rested. He comes back. He's back to the Wayne train we all know and love. Nolan Patrick is playing his best hockey of the season. Travis Konechny is on Fire playing on the top line. Everything is clicking and going right for this team all at once and exactly when it needs to. And I am very much looking forward to how this season ends, and I can't wait for the playoffs. And if this thing falls apart, so help me God if this thing falls apart, I'm going to be crushed by this team once again.
1: No, it's they're, they're too good of a team to, like, completely fall apart, and the NHL is just too... Mediocre as a whole. I mean, they're what they're. You know, um, seven points up of the of the final wild card team. They're eight points up on the 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 first team that's not in the playoffs. There, it's very unlikely they'll make the playoffs. I look why I don't know why can't this team? I was trying to look at the the playoff format to see who they would end up playing like after the first round because if they, you know, let's say they they. Get Pittsburgh in the first round, and they find a way to beat them, and then they play the Caps in the second round. They clearly could win that. They clearly could beat both of the teams in the in the Met potentially in a playoff series and advance to the Eastern Conference Finals. Now, beating a team like Tampa or Boston is is an entirely different story, but you know they they could certainly make it to the uh, the Conference Finals, and again, their their top guys play so well that. You just, you, man, you never know in hockey. Like you said, I mean, Nashville got to the Stanley Cup Finals last year as the eighth seed. The Flyers have so much talent that, uh, you know, I think that, I think this team could make the Eastern Conference Finals. Oh, my
0: God. Huh. We've come so far from the beginning of the season. <laughs> You're talking Stanley Cup Finals, or Conference. Do you say Stanley Cup or Conference? I said Eastern Conference Finals. Okay, good. All right, yeah. yeah. But still, a long way we've come. Me and you were both kind of off. We were done with, not done with this team, but we were at the point where, uh, another mediocre season, probably not making the playoffs, whatever. And now here we are, months later, you, Dan Silver, are saying, get ready for a conference final push, everybody, because it's happening.
1: So look, I just looked at how the playoff format works, and that is the way it works, is that the... The Metro Division plays each other, right? So the right now the Flyers are in the Penguins. If the Flyers beat the Penguins, they they face the winner of the Capitals wildcard Series. So they, I mean, yeah, they clearly could could beat the Capitals in a playoff series right now, and they yeah. probably could beat the Penguins too. So then it gets tricky. You're playing probably the Lightning or the Bruins or the Maple Leafs. But this team could make the Eastern Conference Finals without a doubt. I mean, we're saying they could potentially win the division and catch the teams in front of them, they clearly could beat those teams in the playoffs, potentially.
0: Uh, uh, the one thing about that is Braden Holpe, uh, he, he plays kind of at a different level when it comes to the playoffs, Shit. and that would frighten me if they had to if They had to play the um, the Capitals. But worry about that, Duffberg. I mean, when you sell it like that, when you tell it like that, yeah, they could make the conference finals. I would be happier... Than a pig in shit if the Flyers, as would most, if the Flyers made the Eastern Conference Finals. But I want to, I saw this the other day. And this is kind of a crossover of sports, but we're going to bring it back to hockey. Um, Adam Silver, uh, any relation to the NBA commissioner? You and him? Me? Yeah,
1: I'm his daddy. I'm
0: his daddy. You are his daddy, okay? Yeah. Just, I thought so. I saw the family resemblance, but yeah, he has a lot less hair than you, I guess. <laughs> you know, right, whatever. Um, so Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, uh, came out earlier this week and or during the All Star weekend for the NBA, um, and basically said that he is very much interested in going away from the East West format of the playoffs. And just breaking all sixteen team or sixteen playoff teams down, one through sixteen, and you just play. You know, there's no east west. There's just the top sixteen teams in the entire league, and they will bracket it out somehow, some way from there. So, the NHL kind of, you know, with the realignment a few years ago, now it's you know it's very division based with the playoffs and everything. The, the format of a 1-16 through 16 in the NHL, what would you say to something like that if they went away from the East-West? And let's say we had a, uh, a first-round matchup with the Kings or the Sharks or the Canucks, something like that. How's that grab you?
1: No, I hate. I don't like that at all. I mean, I'm a purist. I, I think these teams should—there's the Eastern Conference champion and the Western Conference champion, and they should meet in the Stanley Cup Finals. I don't. I don't like it at all. It's like this idea I heard today going around in baseball that they were apparently someone pitched at the winter meetings about how if you're trailing in the ninth inning, you're allowed to hit any three hitters you want. What? So like if you're the, if, let's say you're the you're the the uh, the Cubs, and in the eighth inning the pitcher comes in and strikes out Rizzo, Bryant, and whatever Javier Baez, then. In the ninth inning, the Cubs are still trailing. Once again, they get to hit Rizzo, Bryant, and Baez, or whoever you have. Fuck. Yeah, crazy, right? So I don't oh think it'll my happen. God. But anyway, I actually been waiting to rant about that today. I saw that on Twitter. I was like, "What is this?" But no, the that proposal you're talking about for the NBA and you're bringing up for the NHL is not that crazy. But it's still, I, I'm a, I'm a purist. I mean, I don't think, I don't think that's how it should be. Of course, I'm always. I, against things like that. I mean, I didn't think that there should be interleague play in baseball, and now I think that's pretty cool. But for the playoffs, I would just keep the conferences separate. I don't know. What do
0: you think? Um, I think it would be interesting for about a year or two, you know, like the first year of it, I think it would be interesting to see, um, you know, like I said, to see the um, one of these Western Conference teams come here for a first-round series or something like that. But the problem with that is, and I don't know if the NBA has the same thing because it's not as physical a sport as the NHL, but um, I think the problem you run into with the NHL is you'd probably have to have two days off in between travel. You know, if you had uh, Monday-Wednesday game games here in Philly, you'd probably have to take off Thursday-Friday, and then have another game on the West Coast Saturday and Monday, so it just it's going to prolong the whole thing, and I think the casual fan is just going to kind of get you know, to a point, fed up with it. They're just going to get bored with it. You know, guys like me and you that'll you know we will wait around forever if we have to for the next game to be played. You know, it's probably not that big of a deal. They're not going to lose fans like us, but there's the people that really only tune into the NHL for the playoffs and they're just, they're not going to want to have that weight. And it, it's a lot hard. It'll be harder for them to follow if, you know, a first or second round series and they're waiting around till, you know, 10, 11 o'clock at night to, you know, to see their team play. You know, if you're here, you're a Flyers fan casually and you're, they're in a first round matchup with the Kings and they're in LA, that game's not going to start till 10 o'clock here. And, you know, most people aren't going to want to do that for a first-round series. The Stanley Cup Finals is a different story, but, you know, the first or second round, no one's really, you know, it's going to be a lot harder to grab that extra audience and keep everybody engaged with all that travel. I don't think logistically it works out for the NHL. It's
1: also not really fair to the players, right? I mean, let's say that you just end up playing the Sharks in the first round, the Kings in the second round, the Ducks in the third round and Vancouver in the Stanley Cup playoffs, and you're an East Coast team. Like, that's insane. Yeah. The amount of travel.
0: Unless they went, like, Olympic style and just had everything at one stadium and <laughs> everybody just met there, you know, middle of the country and just did, you know, Olympic style tour. Why don't we just
1: ice over, we could just ice over, like, Lake Michigan and just put, uh, put it 16 on the pond? different... six. Uh, I guess we'd only would need, what, uh, eight different rinks, we could get that
0: set yeah. up. Yeah, we could, we could do that. Um, by the way, another issue that I've had, I think uh, Team USA Hockey, the men, have oh taken about three huge steps back. Uh, these, I Now, I have not watched a second, well, maybe a few seconds of the Olympics, but I've been following online and I've been seeing the scores and seeing what Team USA has been doing. And they were hurting to begin with. Going into these Olympics, they are absolutely screwed. Walking out of these Olympics, they're hurting.
1: Yeah, they're. Uh, I watched a lot of the game last night against um, the uh, Czech Republic the game that they <clears throat> they got bounced in the shootout. It's just not a exciting without the NHL guys I no mean, it's, it's just not. It's, it's pathetic I'm really looking forward to the game tonight and I guess people listening to the podcast this game will have already happened but the women's gold medal game yes. us Canada should be really good
0: yeah I remember I think it was two oh my God 2010 yeah <laughs> when uh, team USA made a good run I think they went to the gold medal game against te- uh, Canada and it was awesome because you know we're talking eight years ago. I was eight years younger, and I'm seeing, you know, different NHL stars that don't normally play together now play together for their country, and that's all taken away from it. Unless you're a hardcore hockey nut like you, most people don't know who the hell half of the players on Team USA even were. It's hard for them to get involved and excited about that. The Olympics as a whole have been boring as hell, unless it's Lindsey Vonn or... You know, a nip slip and ice dancing or curling. I feel Which like there, there was were... this year. Yeah, there was all of that. But those were like the three biggest stories of these Olympics. And it's probably not anything that the Olympic Committee is happy about. That the biggest stories are a very attractive blonde skier, um, a wardrobe malfunction, and a very obscure, albeit cool, sport. I love the
1: uh, figure skating really I love watching yeah I like watching the figure skating it's uh, the the pairs the uh, the men's and the women's the women's finals tomorrow night there's these two Russian girls that are pretty good it's I it's great I love I love I like figure skating I, I get into it you know I in You're general I, in, in general I like watching things where like a championship is on the line which is obviously why the you know the Olympics is kind of fun but so I like you know the pressure that um, you know, like there's this uh, American figure skater uh, Chen. I forget what his first name is, but he was like supposed to be, you know, potentially a gold medalist. And uh, he's, you know, he does all these quad, quad jumps where they spin around four times. And um, the uh, right before him, it just worked out that the best guy in the world, this Japanese guy who'd like torn his ankle ligaments like in November, is back in his first competition. And this, guy, this Japanese guy goes out there and literally does the best performance in, like, the history of the Olympics for men's figure skating. And this Chen guy, I guess, cracks under the pressure. He literally fell, like, three times. Damn. And it's just, it's like, yeah, it's, it's like it's great. It's I mean, it's not great for him, but it's the, the drama. And, you know, I also like the curling because it's just kind of fun. I don't yeah, is like awesome. Yeah, I like curling. Uh, I like the figure skating, curling, and I, you know, <clears throat> I like ice hockey, but... uh it's this year. It's just hard to hard to follow. I'm more interested in the in the women's than the men's.
0: Yeah, that's. A sh- I mean, it's not a shame, but you know, for you know, hockey America, whatever the hell their little organization is, you know, I, I I'm sure there are a bunch of chauvinists that you know would rather the men's team be good, but you know, we get something out of it. If you're a hockey fan, you know, you can really watch men's, women's, or you know, otherwise, whatever you know, people want to call themselves these days. And you'll enjoy it. So, good for the women. The men suck. And uh, they've disappointed us. The Olympics have disappointed me as a whole. Had to touch on that. Um, So, um, we have some time. And I think I'm going to get into uh, my new phenomenon in life. And uh, I'm going to take you back to the... NFC Championship game in which the Eagles were in. You were at the game? I was at the game. Now here's where it gets exciting and here's where I have a new lease on life that I'm excited for. I went to that game by myself and loved it. And now I find myself looking for other games, other sporting events that I could go to alone. Baseball, I'm already, like, like I'm looking at, like, just, like, weird games for the Phillies and, like, during, on, like, a Sunday game against Milwaukee. Like, that'd be a cool game to go to alone. Just sit up top, have a nice hot dog, have a beer, whatever, sit by myself, relax. You know, the Flyers, when they make the playoffs, no one's going to shell out the money. I'm going to go to these games alone. I think that going to sporting events by yourself should be done more often I am very proud of myself that I went to the such a big game, the NFC Championship, by myself. I, I applaud myself for it, and I think I have a new lease on life. I think I have a new, exciting way to enjoy watching sports and going to the events. Go alone. I love going
1: to games by myself. You've i have done uh, this. Oh, all the time. Well, I mean, not all the time, but what a fair amount, because you know i can't always get people to go to flyers games with me and when the flyers are in the playoffs so i was living in new york and i'm going to flyers playoff games i mean who else? no one's going to go with me from new york maybe right. i could get someone from philly but i don't want to like buy two tickets for $400 and r- rely on somebody paying me 200 bucks for the other ticket yes. so so you know it's it's you know just logistically just buy one ticket go to the game and you're already listen You go to a freaking playoff game, you're already there with, you know, tens of thousands of other people rooting for your team. Yeah. So it's no, I love it. It's, uh, you know, I mean, I I've got two flyer season tickets just because, you know, it's kind of like the thing to do. And I sell most of my tickets so you can sell two of them. But but I like going to sporting events by myself. I like going to movies by myself. It's yeah, it's fine, man.
0: I've never done the movie by myself. But Yeah, but that's the other thing is who you don't even talk to him. Exactly. Games, so. Exactly. I totally agree with the movies. I, I see nothing wrong with that. But my buddy Sean, like a couple like a month ago, was like telling us, telling the rest of us that he goes to Sixers games by himself all the time. And at the time, this was before I did this, I was we were all like, Why? Why don't you just call somebody? we all like the sixers and that's the thing it's not like my friends aren't sports fans but they're just not that big a hockey fan. so for I, I have i've been to one game this year it was with you because i had not seen the light yet of going by myself and now i think i'm going to do it all the time i think yeah I think there's just, not... e- it's easier yeah you have nobody to worry about
1: yeah you don't have, have to, to worry about you're like, not. you just up. stay you don't have to worry about meeting up before the game to give them the tickets. You know, I like getting in there, getting some drinks, you know, settling in. And if, you know, I got someone who's trying to hustle there from work, it's it's a whole rigmarole, right?
0: Rigmarole is an awesome word to describe it, yes. And I'm, I'm glad that you're on board with this because, I, I mean, I think we're in the minority of people that will do this, but... I'm fully on board. I can't wait till my next game by myself. I'm already looking. (laughs) You should rent out
1: the entire stadium just for you.
0: That would be awesome and very expensive.
1: Yeah. I went. Very expensive.
0: I was supposed to go to uh, Allentown for work. I was telling you before the show. And was all, I mean, thank God I didn't do this, but was all set to buy one ticket on the glass to the Phantoms game. But I said. I said, "Wait, I'm not gonna buy this yet. There may be a parade. There was. I didn't want to be, you know, I didn't want to be out fifty dollars. Not that fifty dollars is a lot, but I would like to spend fifty dollars go to the game. But yeah, this is my new way of life. I I feel, I feel like the Eagles, you know. And it was they gave me a gift because you know I was the only one of my friends that was able to get through on the uh, general sale for that game. So I bought it, hundred and fifty dollars." And a wonderful life experience. And to your point, I was being asked by several people, well, who are you going to talk to? Aren't you going to feel weird being alone? I said, I'm going to be with 75,000 people that are all watching and hoping for the same thing that I am. What, how awkward could I feel?
1: Yeah, the Flyers score, you stand up, you high five the people around you. It's and that's it. Everyone's in it. Right,
0: exactly. It's It's team building is what it is if if anybody out there and i'm going to be i'm going to turn psychologist for a second if anybody out there has social anxiety just go to a sporting event by yourself and you'll be healed by the end of the game and it's just because you're already there you already like if you don't like sports don't do it because you're going to be worse but if you like sports and you're socially awkward just go because there's nothing you could do at a sporting event in support of your team that will be looked upon as being weird, within bounds. If you start yep. taking your clothes off or something, you're going to get some sideways looks. But for the most part, you can scream and yell as much as you want, really come out of your shell, hey, guy next to me, this is an awesome game, isn't it? And the next thing you know, you, you're you're a, a butterfly in any social situation. So yeah, no,
1: going. listen, you don't have to sell me. I think it's great. So um, let yeah. me, I want to bring up a trade rumor that I saw tonight. That if this happens, it's like why should anyone else even participate in the playoffs? Is okay. it? It looks like the Lightning are going pretty heavily after Eric Carlson. Did oh, you Jesus see this? Christ!
0: Now I haven't really been looking at Twitter except posting pictures of myself, but uh, yeah, no, I haven't seen that. That you're right. If that goes through, just forget about it.
1: <laughs> Could you imagine a, a defense pairing of Victor Hedman and Eric Carlson? I know they like putting on, like, pirate gear together. I think they did that at the uh, All-Star game. But, like, could you imagine? I mean, those two guys out there together, the other team would never touch the puck.
0: There's got to be rules against this shit in sports. This is – that's touching on the NBA level. You know, that's like Golden State Warriors, you know, just – we have a lot of money. Hey, you're the best player in the league. Come play with us. Like – how are how are these other teams supposed to compete how are like fringe playoff teams because there's a lot of there's a lot of season left there's there seems like it's not like this is the last week of the season and the playoff bracket's pretty much set you know they're going to they if that trade if that trade happens they're going to play teams that are fighting for playoff spots and are desperate for points unlike the lightning and how is any like how's anybody supposed to compete with that how are you supposed to have any hope
1: so we'll see. It's going to be interesting. But I okay. saw that and that.
0: Well, hold on. What's, what's the return for a guy so like Carlson? So the
1: return, you know, they'd probably have to trade one of the, either Sergachev, who, who's obviously a really good young defenseman, um, or Braden Point from the NHL roster. I mean, they're both really good young players. They'd probably have to trade one of those guys. They've got a ton of prospects. They've got two Actually, they've got the two wingers playing for Morgan Frost. You know, I'd find a way to mention Morgan Frost. So uh, Boris Kachuk and Taylor Radish are two right. very good scoring wingers. The Lightning have both of their rights. So I think you'd be looking at like, and also a good good defenseman, Adam Footson, Calfoot. I think you'd be looking at a package like, you know, let's say Braden Point, Taylor Raddish, uh, and two first round picks, something like that potentially.
0: I mean, look, um, you know, if you're a team like Ottawa who, you know, things have not really gone your way this season, especially after, you know, the playoff run they had last year and you're looking to reboot things, it's, it. I mean, it it, honestly, it works in favor for both teams because the Lightning are obviously in win now mode and win quick and... The senators are just like look we have this guy that we could literally rebuild our franchise if we get rid of so why not? I mean it makes sense. It's just completely unfair.
1: Yeah, and I think we're going to see a little bit of an arms race between a lot of these teams that mm-hmm. are, you know, I think the Penguins are going to make a trade for someone. I think Nashville going to probably try and make some trades. I feel like the I Penguins think. make a trade I- every year. Yep. And listen,
0: they And it always works.
1: Yeah, well, look, they—they, they, the, I feel like the Penguins know that four, four to eight years from now, that t- stretch, they are not going to be very good. So, yeah, they—they they feel like they can trade guys like Daniel Sprong, like these young prospects, um, and try and get something back for now because they want to win as many Stanley Cups as they can while Malkin and Crosby are in their primes because they're not going to get as lucky as they did getting the first pick in the draft one year and the second pick in the draft next. Year to get those guys, you know, right? Um, and so I think a lot of these top teams are going to start making some trades. I don't think the textile is probably going to do anything like that because he's still building for the future. But a lot of these teams who have this emphasis on winning now, I think you're going to see a lot of trades before Monday's done.
0: So I'm hoping that we could, um, get an episode in before Monday and we should be able to pull it off. We're, you know, we're too uh, we're two accessible guys, but. Do you think Hexall does anything? But I mean I don't think I don't think anything at this point would get barring something catastrophic injury wise. I don't think he's going to do anything if he does anything till Monday. But do you think he does something and if he does what do you think obviously not what exactly do you think he does but like what do you think is in the realm of possibility for a move to be made?
1: I don't think he's going to. Um, I think he already hates the fact that he had to gave up, give up the draft pick, maybe two draft picks for Mrazic. Yeah, I think he and lost some sleep over that. He, here's the thing. like, Who are you... The Flyers have three pretty good lines. And they just brought Lindblom up. They, they just traded for Morazic And if I feel like if they were going to add a defenseman, it would be bringing up Travis Sandheim. So, mm. to me the only kind of trade they would make would be for like a real star player. And I just don't think Hextall wants to let go. What would be required? Right. If, if they could, because Rick Nash is out there, I think it's feasible that, you know, Oscar Lindblom could play just as well as Rick Nash from here through the end of the season. Right. I don't, these, these older guys who are on expiring contracts, um, you know, I, I, it's obviously they're not going to trade for Aaron Carlson, but it's like someone on that level is what I would see the Flyers doing because I think otherwise they think they can just improve from within the organization. What I would, If I was going to make a big trade, and I brought this up actually before they traded for Mrazic, I brought up Lundqvist, and, and mm-hmm. obviously he might be over the hill, but for a split second, I thought Hexton might try and make a move for like a really good goalie. Who could make a big difference? And Lundqvist is a guy that potentially could have been that. And I was thinking what I'd get rid of, and so I would. I'm willing to part with German Rupsov at this point. What? He's still got some. He's still got some cachet because he was a first round pick three years ago. I'm telling you, man, he's just been a disappointment since they drafted him, and he shows some glimmers in points. But look, our the guys we drafted most recently in like the third and fourth rounds, like Matthew Strom and Maxim Sushko. Those guys are outscoring German Rupsov this year and Rupsov was drafted the year before. Like he's really been struggling. So I'm just saying, if I was going to trade for a big difference maker, I would look to trade like German Rupsov and maybe one of our first round picks this year and maybe Sam Moran or something like that for a real difference maker. But the thing is there really aren't that many of those guys out there, right? Carlson's one, but there's no way we can part with what they would want for Carlson. So I just, I don't see the deal out there that makes sense because most of these guys that are out there, I I don't think Excel is going to want to trade for since he thinks there's better options within the the organization.
0: Yeah. I don't think, I think what you have now is what they're probably going to roll with. He's not going to go uprooting this thing to, you know, that would be exactly what he has said that he's against, is making the move at the deadline to make the push this year. He's looking to next year. All those guys that you mentioned, the Rupsov, Moran, and and all that stuff, I think that he still thinks he still has a lot invested in them, and he still thinks that they have a lot of improving to do. Personally, I, I, I'm a very, and I know I'm not the only one, very disappointed in Sam Moran. I think we all expected more from him at this point. Obviously, he's been injured a lot down with the Phantoms, but I mean, I still don't think. I, I still think the Flyers probably give him another year or two to really take shape and whatever whatever they think he could take shape into before they either try to move him or anything like that. So I think, like I said, barring Something catastrophic, and I think if something catastrophic even happened, it still wouldn't make uh, a move happen. So I think what the Flyers have now is uh is just what they're going to roll with, and they're going to live and die with uh with the guys that they have, and there's nothing wrong with that at this point because they're playing great.
1: Yep, I uh, I totally agree. And one thing we didn't talk about, which I wanted to briefly note, was again Oscar Lind- Lindblom debuted. Um, for the Flyers on Tuesday. I thought he was great. I mean, yeah, he,
0: he played well. He did
1: he did everything that, that he needs to do to be a successful NHL player. He, he went right to the net almost every time he was out on the ice. He made a couple of nice plays. there was a, he almost scored a goal on a play where Scott Lawton fed it to him down low and he kind of made a move in front of the net and just couldn't finish. He was strong in the corners. he knocked a few players off their skates. Oscar Lindblom, he's going to be a big difference maker for this team down the stretch, and, and, you know, he does the things in the playoffs specifically that they're going to need, right, guys in front of the net, so I, I was really happy with that, and how about Nolan Patrick scoring, How about he, him? elevated to the first power play unit, and he scores, what, like 10 seconds into that first power play, yeah. taking Wayne Simmons' spot up front, he's going to, he can't do the same thing Simmons can in terms of deflections, um, and making little moves right in front of the net when he's got it on his backhand, like Simmons does, but he he can open up a new realm of possibilities on the power play one, like that goal where he kind of edged out a little bit and gave Giroux a target to basically play the puck for a perfect deflection. And, I mean, Nolan Patrick's been great since the the turn of the year. He's been one of the Flyers' best players. Um, But, uh, but yeah, I think with Lindblom, Patrick, and Konechny complementing Jeru This this team is is gonna, you know, be really scary the rest of the way.
0: Yeah, they're gonna make some. Uh, they're gonna make some noise. Uh, I'd like to point something out here on Twitter, and uh, you could follow the show at underscore getting bullied. One of uh, I'm gonna see if he follows. He does. Okay, good. Um, one Johan Gartner, Swedish. Oh, good. Okay, good. We're big in Sweden. Um, excellent tweet here. Flyers should trade for Travis Sandheim. He is exactly what they need. That's great.
1: <laughs> uh, Johan's hilarious. He's, uh, he's most known for always making jokes about not wearing pants. And, uh, he so seems you know like this,
0: you know this person. Oh you know,
1: yeah, Johan. I mean, I've never met him, but I mean, we go back and forth on Twitter and he's, he's hilarious, but, uh, Flyers fans now in general make make comments about him not wearing pants. Like Flyers just scored a nice goal and someone will say, Oh, Johan's pants just came off. So he's <laughs> you know, it's uh no, he's hilarious. These Swedish guys, I told they've got to come over and for a, a game. I know Victor Alvin also is another guy who's a great follower on Twitter. And um, we gotta bring these guys over here. I'm sure they can party like there's no tomorrow.
0: Oh yeah. I mean I would I'm always down for, you know, a Swedish party. And yeah. you know, you thought I you know, I thought maybe if maybe if this was like a, a, a summer sport and uh, they would you know, maybe a lot of them would flock over to see uh, to see Lindblom make his debut if it was, you know, during the weekend or something. But, you know, we gotta see if we could organize something with our with our friends from Sweden to come over yes. and uh, a weekend of drinking and hockey and, and maybe down in the playoffs. I don't know what their yeah. financial situation is. We'll figure something out. Um one other brief thing. I don't know if you have any experience or any knowledge about the Philadelphia Rebels.
1: Is that one of those video game teams? No. Is it a See, team?
0: I thought the same thing when I first heard it. They're a hockey team. Let me pull it up here. And I'm actually going to a Rebels game on uh, Friday. Oh,
1: is this the Aston? Is this the team in Aston
0: no they play in the city they play they in the okay. uh, class of 1932 arena which is uh on the uh, on U Penn's campus here we go Wait, so
1: I did I, I, I knew about this team because they moved from Aston to Philadelphia oh, and there was a okay. Latvian goaltender prospect oh. named Marek's mittens who was playing on their team. Was, I was rooting for the Flyers to draft. You
0: are so, fucking incredible. Do you know that's that? That's
1: that team. Yeah.
0: You're incredible. They play yeah, in the that. NAHL. Yeah,
1: they they moved, I see it here, they moved from Aston to Philadelphia
0: this, play, this season. They play in the same league as the once Trenton Titans, now known as the New Jersey Titans. Bring
1: your skates, you may get asked to play. You never know.
0: Nah, they don't want I don't want any part of that. The official website of the Philadelphia Rebels. I'm excited. It's dollar dog night on should Friday. should be, yeah. So, if anyone's going out to the Rebels game, I think the tickets are like $15. If anyone uh, sure. has nothing to do on Friday, or if you're going to be down there, look for me. You can you know, you see my face on Twitter if you don't know what I look like because I'm behind a microphone. But, uh, yeah, check me out. So, I think we'll wrap it up. What do you think?
1: Yeah, it sounds good. I
0: think we've bored the people enough
1: gonna go get ready for the U.S.-Canada Women's Gold Medal game.
0: They play the Titans on Friday. (laughs) Holy shit. Strap in. Rebels. Titans. Fuck yeah. That sounds like a rivalry already. I'm excited. Minor League Hockey's cool.
1: It is, I agree. I I used to uh, be a play-by-play announcer for Minor League Hockey.
0: I know, you've lived so many different lives. (sighs) I'm old, man. No. No. Alright. We'll wrap it up. Um, so go ahead. Give your plug. Plug yourself. Not like that.
1: Yeah, no, that's – no, that's – I'm going to – no comment. Um, yeah, you can follow me at, at DSilver88, the 88s for Glendross, not the year I was born. I wish it was the year I was born. At DSilver88 on Twitter, and we've got a great group of writers – at Kick A. Philly is Flyer.com. Got a lot of new content up there. Um, and uh, check it out. Lots of great stuff. Um, we're doing post game recaps pretty much every game, game and top five lists. Dan, the uh, Flyers fan, is another Dan. I think that's his, his handle is at Dan, the Flyers fan. has been an awesome contributor recently, getting lots of stuff up there. So, uh, yeah, that's that's the plug, man. Follow me on Twitter, follow the website.
0: Yeah, Uh, a lot of good shit being pumped out of the Phileas Flyer Factory, all the people over there. Um, Yeah, it's a a good group to be a part of. But as for me, if you want to follow me, if you want to see what I look like so you can meet up with me at the Philadelphia Rebels game on Friday, you can follow me at MarkFlagMan2Ns on Twitter. You can follow this very show, which I also tweet from, And that is at underscore get bullied. We did not, Dan, give our predictions for a week for the week, so I'll tweet that out. Another thing for the people to look at is our predictions for the upcoming games of the Philadelphia Flyers. It's an exciting time to be a Flyers fan, hopefully, most likely the debut of one Peter Morasic. Hopefully. His Czech volleyball player girlfriend is in attendance and it gives everybody something very, very nice to look at. So until (laughs) the next episode of Billy, oh, of getting bullied, uh, let's go Flyers and good night, Sweden.